It's time for episode 74 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 11th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the show where our topics are never second best, and I couldn't think of a pun for a minute. I am your co-host Jason Snell, and across the country from me, buried under approximately a thousand feet of snow in his snow cave beneath a glacier, it's Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. The snow is only a minute problem. Oh, well... Bravo. Tip my cap to you. Bravo. Well done. Uh, we, we also, uh, on Clockwise, have, have two lovely guests with us. We have one from the West Coast, where we're not cold and miserable, and one from the East Coast, where, where they are. Uh, representing with me the West Coast, it is from Portland, Oregon, my former Macworld colleague, Sholly McFarland. Hello. Hello. Welcome to, back to Clockwise. Thanks for having me. And to my left, joining me. On the frigid East Coast, in his own igloo, solar-powered igloo, <laughs> another former Macworld alum and my co-host on The Rebound, it's Lex Friedman. Hi, Lex. Welcome back. Hi, thanks. Glad to be back again. All right, so we uh, uh, use this time to talk about four technology topics very quickly and then give you back the rest of your day. Anyway, since I kicked off the show with bad puns, I'm going to go first. First topic for me, Apple released a developer beta late last week of the photos app which is meant to replace iPhoto and aperture on the mac and i wanted to ask a more broad question to all of you which is how are you organizing your digital photos if at all and are you interested in what apple is doing with photos for mac or are you not and let's start with Sholly. uh i still use iphoto but my library is so gigantic that i have it on an external drive um, which always makes me nervous and I um, have it backed up with CrashPlan. So I do, I do have some backup there. So what I'm most interested in about uh, the new photos is the iCloud photo library. Um, because finding space big enough for all the photos I have now for the past decade is, is really a challenge. And um, having something a little bit more seamless and being able to see them on all my devices, which I cannot do at this point um, effectively, would be really great. And I'll say one of the biggest questions I get from friends is, how do I transfer my photo library? How do, you know, it's, it's filled up my hard drive. What do mm. I do with it? I think that's really a major problem for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my, f I don't know. I used iPhoto for a really long time. Uh, and recently, in fact, I was just, uh, I had to connect my iPhone to both my iMac and my MacBook Air the other day, and iPhoto kept popping up and wanting to import things. I'm like, no, no, stop. Uh, so that was annoying. Um, but I, I don't look in iPhoto anymore is the thing. Like, I, I, it's there, and I kind of treat it as like a big, you know, filing cabinet repository. Like, knowing that all my photos there is great. But it's a it's stored on my Mac Mini, which is hooked up to a TV, so it's not exactly something conducive for photo browsing. But it's you know where I store most of my data canonically. Uh, and B, it's just so slow; it's just terrible. If you try to launch it and, and browse through images, it takes forever. It's not good. So 
you know, most of the time I fall back on, you know, using PhotoStream, which is still set up for my iOS stuff to like flip through my recent stuff, but it doesn't have my old archival pictures on it. So, I mean, I think the answer right now is basically in the digital of, I store my photos in the digital equivalent of a bunch of shoeboxes mm. stuck stuck in a, in a closet somewhere. Um, so, you know, that's great for archival purposes, but it doesn't really help you do anything with those photos. So, I'm really excited about the potential of photos for Mac and the whole iCloud photo library thing. I've been looking for a good solution for photos that makes all of those accessible and lets you do things with them. Uh, and I think Apple is certainly trying to make a hard push in that direction. But, you know, their their track record with cloud services being what it is, uh, I'm waiting until it's not a developer beta. I, too, uh, use iPhoto as kind of a vault where I'm putting my photos so that they're in a place, but I don't use iPhoto because I enjoy it. Uh, I don't enjoy it. Um, anytime I want to kick on my MacBook fans, I know I can launch iPhoto and it'll take care of that in no time. Um, the thing that bothers me most about iPhoto right now and really about photo management in general is it used to be that my wife Lauren and I shared the DSLR and we would take pictures on it of the family and then we would sync it to each of our computers and then the second syncer would wipe it. That still happens, but now there's also a lot of photos on her iPhone and a lot of photos on my iPhone. And there's no great solution for me to sync Lauren's photos to my iPhoto because I don't like, uh, I I feel, you know, I, as you may know, I used to work for Macworld and I still feel like I have no idea of how PhotoStream is really supposed to work and how <laughs> iCloud photo sharing is supposed to be different. And I have no idea where any of the photos are and it's all a giant mystery to me. So I rely on iPhoto to keep it there and I can, I, I used to create albums and stuff and then when they started doing more of the events and smart kind of organization of photos, I rely on that. Uh, and then I just kind of hope for the best and let Backblaze back it all up. You know, I um, I have so many photos because uh, we bought a digital camera right before my daughter was born and she's uh, uh, an eighth grader now. So we've got a lot of digital photos. And um, I actually had to split my iPhoto library in two because it was so big that it was essentially unusable. And now I have two smaller, essentially unusable <laughs> iPhoto libraries because even the, they are too big for iPhoto. And I, m my strategy has really been uh, waited out and hope that somebody comes up with something that's better. And um, and photos for Mac might be it because, quite honestly, and, and this is all, what you all have been saying, I would like to be able to know that all of my photos are available somewhere, that they're that they're in the cloud, and then you know ideally backed up as well, and then accessible from all my devices should I want to to have access to them. And my computers at home. Uh, other than my little server where the photo files actually live, the computers we actually use don't have enough hard drive space to hold all those photos. So um, I, I'm excited about the possibility of using photos to do that, although the one complaint I will make is the rates Apple is charging for iCloud storage are ludicrous. Um, but, you know, if this can give me the best uh, way to see every photo that I've ever taken um, on any device at any time, then I'll pay the money because that's my big problem right now is there's just too much stuff and I can't, you know, I, I don't always need access. I don't need that original photo from 2002, but I need it somewhere where I can get it if I need it. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by photos for Mac. It is way faster than iPhoto. How could it not be? Um, <laughs> it, it seems like they've thrown, by throwing away all the old iPhoto junk, they've made something that is much more capable of, uh, of handling all the photos that we have. But we've been burned before. So I'm, it's early yet. I'm waiting and seeing how it, how it handles slowly accepting all of my photos from my collection. 
Let's move on to topic number two. Sholly, what do you have for us? My topic today is personal finance. Uh, the year, the new year has started, and my family is trying once again, like many families, to get more organized with our finances. And I took a look at what was available to me in terms of software and services, and it's a little confusing. Um, last year, I started using Mint, which is free. And it's an online service. And there were features of it that I really liked. But um, I, I had a lot of trouble with transactions not actually coming through and connections to my different cards and accounts not working. And I saw that now Quicken 2015 is out. And since that's really been the standard for so many years... Uh, my question was, is anybody using it? Do you use something else? Or what do you guys do to organize your finances on your computer? Uh, not a good enough job. That's what I use. Uh, <laughs> so I, I tried Mint for a while, too. And then the problem I ran into, like you, was that it sometimes seemed a little flaky. And especially as I've moved my primary bank account over to a two-factor authentication method, nothing likes working with that. And it's like, well, I, you know, convenience is great, but I'd rather have security on my bank account. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, so and especially this year, as, I, as I've shifted into, a you know, working as a freelancer, uh, keeping track of finances has become more more important and i've tried yeah. to sort of localize in like my actual bank account and use their online tools um for sort of tra tracking how my money goes in and out but even that can only do so much uh so it's hard i i don't think there's a great solution right now i mean i feel like it would be fantastic if somebody really was trying really hard to deal with the realities of how we all manage our finances today and i think a lot of these companies like mint and um level are, are really trying to you know come up with good solutions for that but they you know financial institutions i think themselves are a little hidebound and probably don't necessarily have a great incentive for letting you access that data from a bunch of different places. So it's kind of a slow moving area. And it's it's not a particularly, as much as I hate using this word, it's not a particularly sexy area, right? Like there's not a lot of people like, yeah, personal finance, that's where it's at. <laughs> so I, I I honestly don't have a good one. I mean, I I use like a spreadsheet for tracking my budget and that's about it. And and yeah, wish there was uh, someone that would make it easier. I need a robot accountant is what I need to go with my robot <laughs> butler from a previous episode. I use uh, I use personal capital. And personal capital, uh, I first heard of when I was still at Macworld when somebody who wasn't me reviewed their app. And then later I saw them at some expo-y type thing I went to in New York on Macworld's behalf. And they they pitched themselves at the time as we're kind of like mint for people who are out of college, which I think was meant to be a dig at mint more than <laughs> a dig at people who use it. Um, and now I should also disclose, like I now also sell ads to personal capital for a podcast sometimes, but I became a customer of theirs long before I ever did that. But, um, you know, it does all the mint stuff, although I, I find that it, it does a better job at holding onto my bank account logins for longer. It does work with my bank's two factor auth for whatever that's worth. Um, and uh, you know, it's still just like, like I found Mint does. It still sometimes loses the connection and I have to do it all over again. And I hate that part, but it, it does a really nice view of all your different finances and accounts and where you're spending and what you're spending on. And it used to send you an email 
once a week that would tell you, <coughs> excuse me, tell you, here's what your, you know, your current net worth is and everything. And it still does that. But now it'll also say, here's how you're spending this month compared to you spending last month. You're, you know, $400 ahead of where you were in terms of if you spent $400 less than you did at this time last month. And I like that because now it's unintentionally, I think, gamified my spending. Like, well, I'm not going to spend it because I got to stay ahead of where I was in January. <laughs> um, but it's, they have a really nice app for iOS. Uh, you can get notification screen like today view doohickeys to tell you you know your most recent charges on all your different accounts so i'm a fan of personal capital and they now actually manage some of our investment too so uh, which is their whole thing that's the app is free thing yeah and their goal is that you'll enjoy facetiming and iMessaging with their support staff so much that you'll say you know what you guys are great and we want you to manage some of our money and we did exactly that I, I, we use Mint, so I guess maybe uh, we're still in college. College. Uh, <laughs> we used to use Quicken, and uh, Quicken. The story of Quicken for Mac is a long and sad one. And uh, I think we gave up and 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 went to Mint. And Mint has its issues too, but it's fine. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's fine. It's not not something that we particularly love. I am very fortunate in having something that I do particularly love, or in this case, someone. My wife is our uh, is my is my CFO for my great small business empire that I now have and uh, that helps a lot she's the one with the uh, MBA so I really I uh, I do a lot of delegating to to her so that's that's my other major it's mint and also Lauren are my <laughs> major uh, ways Snell. that I manage my money Snell not Friedman not Friedman anyway uh, that's that's it's not it's not something Dan says it's not sexy that's true it's important at the same time I feel like um, there's no clear answer. There's these some of these web-based things are better than I think we got. Everybody got stuck in a rut with Quicken, and I think we're just now slowly getting out of it. But there are still lots of issues, and you know, web apps are great, but at the same time, it's also all your personal financial information in a web app, which is which is creepy and weird. So yeah, I was really interested interested to hear what you guys were using because when I went and tried to find comparative reviews, I really couldn't find any. There were apps that I thought sounded really interesting. There's the YNAB, which is You Need a Budget, which is basically built around, it's built around the concept of a living budget, whatever that really means, um, or one that changes as your financial needs change. And I thought that app looked really cool because um, its focus is on empowerment and about, you know, taking control of your finances. But... Then they don't. It doesn't talk to banks directly. You have to download and import transactions, mm. and that just seems very 1990, you yeah. know, nine yeah, to me. No so, chance I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I, what I was really interested to see was if any of you had gone back to Quicken because Quicken did finally release just at the end of last year, and it's really the gold standard, of course, for uh, the financial information. That's the format that a lot of these things use. So I assume that it would be the very easiest thing to use for getting all my information in there easily. Uh, but I'm interested to hear that none of you are using it nope. because there was such a long period when it was just not functional for the Mac. All right. It is halftime. We have two more topics to go. We often have a halftime sponsor. We are our own halftime sponsor, Dan, this week. What? The, the, yes. The uh, Clockwise is brought to you by The Incomparable Game Show, a new podcast you should listen to at theincomparable.com slash game show. The first episode features something called Inconceivable, which is hosted by Dan Morin. 
And hey, the announcer is Lex Friedman. That's me. And uh, I, I just want to say, if, you are, if you're a Clockwise listener and you subscribe to Game Show, you may find something else in the Game Show feed soon, in the next week or so, that you like and seems <laughs> familiar in some way, but not. Undefinable way. I might be involved in that way. one, too, actually. Interesting. So anyway, uh, check it out, theincomparable.com slash game show, if you like Dan and Lex and... Uh, and regardless of your feelings about me. <laughs> and that is our halftime sponsor, which is us. Dan, it's your turn. What topic do you have for us? Well, I was thinking just this morning as I was tapping out some messages on my iPhone, iOS 8 brought some major changes to typing for the first time in a long time on, uh, uh, on iOS. <laughs> New letters were created. <laughs> for us. Yes, I need more letters. <laughs> Um, but the two of the things that struck me were uh, third-party keyboards and the predictive text feature in iOS 8. Uh, I'm curious to know if any of you are using either of those things, and if so, what your experience has been, and if you're not using them, why, <laughs> Lex? Okay. I can handle that question. I really like the Swift Key keyboard. Um, which is one that lets you do the dragging and swiping around to type, and it has the keyword suggestions. And I don't do the dragging around as much as I thought I would, but the suggestions that it does are much smarter than iOS 8's built-in keyboard default suggestions. Uh, SwiftKey really seems to be learning how I talk in the same way that Apple talked about that it could do on an app-specific basis, but it's, it's just, I don't know, the predictive text is so good and lets me type so fast. However, iOS 8 keyboards are so so annoying in the way that they work or often don't. I love when I launch the messages app and uh, no keyboard at all appears until I force <laughs> the messages app. Good times, um, yeah. Sometimes I take to screenshotting the fact that I don't have a keyboard and sending that to the person so they know that I can't answer them. <laughs> the, uh, the two things that I will note, one of which I think is maybe not breaking news, but people might not realize if they installed SwiftKey and then gave up. Because one thing, you know, if you want to switch back and forth with emoji, it's so annoying because now you're cycling probably through at least three keyboards if you have Apple's regular US English keyboard. So SwiftKey recently updated with like its own version of the emoji keyboard. So you can just toggle to emoji without leaving the keyboard and doing the whole keyboard cycling dance, which is really smart and works really well. However, until and unless Apple lets you put the... Uh, dictation button on third-party keyboards uh, i can't disable the u.s english keyboard because i'm still much faster with dictation than anything else and so i am constantly leaving swift key to go to the regular keyboard so i can dictate and then i don't go back and it's annoying so i like third-party keyboards but uh apple needs to make them a little bit better and it's all apple's fault that's all <laughs> <laughs> i tried swiping swift key and although sometimes i could get them to work right uh other times they frustrated me to the point where i just uh, eventually just gave up and stopped using them so the only third-party keyboard i use right now is uh david smith's emoji plus plus which is a much better emoji selector than the one that apple provides and i highly recommend it it's really great and uh, for all your emoji needs uh, since lex mentioned emoji it's not just me and uh otherwise yeah I, i'll go back and try uh try swift key again i'll i'll try it i i when i use it there are moments that feel totally magical and then there are other moments where i want to throw my phone across the room so that's the love-hate relationship i have with swift key i am a simple woman with simple <laughs> needs and i i really don't need so much from my from my iOS eight keyboard. Uh, I w I thought at the beginning that the suggestions were a really cool idea, 
but I've found that I, it's more distracting oh, yeah. and annoying yeah. to me that how them. they how they flash and the words keep changing. It's very distracting to me. What I use most is the dictation. I, I, I use that quite a bit when I'm on the road or I'm in a hurry, and I find it works pretty well. It works just as well as the autocorrect works when I'm just typing. So um, that re- that's really what I use, and I'm, I'm not that interested in the third-party keyboards. I, I don't really see how they... I haven't been convinced yet that they would offer me something that would simplify... Uh, my work with my phone. Yeah, I've used them a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, like a lot of you guys, uh, the predictive text thing seemed like a really great idea. Uh, and other than that first time, I remember Jason sent me a long poem composed purely from <laughs> the predictive text, <laughs> which was pretty amazing. Um, but half the time, you know, I hit something, I, I'll write a word and I'll look at the suggestions. I'm like, oh, come on, you didn't come up with like, of, <laughs> like the one word I needed there. Like that was pretty predictable if you ask me, sorry. Uh, so I, I, you know, every once in a while it, it hits the mark and I, you know, I think to look at it, but so much of the time I'm so, you know, thinking about typing that I'm not even looking at the the predictions. And so they might be useful. I just don't know. Uh, and with the third party keyboards like you guys, I think I've gotten very annoyed about the just the the reliability of them, especially as, you know, they things that don't appear or they quit or they don't show up for some reason in the menu. And so in all those cases, as much as I want to like things like swipe and swift key, I just ha- I just don't end up using them because they seem to be more trouble than they're worth right now. So I, I desperately would like one that's better because I do think that the like the whole drag to type thing is pretty cool, for example. But it's just it's not worth it at this particular point. That's my topic. It's Lex's topic. I'm up. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm coming to you with a thought experiment today. Uh, and so Apple is going to release a new iPhone in this thought experiment. And it's to help you be more productive. It limits you to the number of podcasts you can consume and the number of games you can have. You're allowed two of each. This way, it's your more fewer distractions in total. So hopefully, you'll spend more time. I don't know, looking at your family or something. So I pose it to you all first: if you could only have two games on your iOS device and only subscribe to two podcasts, and you can't be on the podcast you subscribe to, what are the two games and what are the two podcasts? I don't know about games. Games is really tough. Uh, so I'll start with podcasts. The two podcasts that's fairly easily easy. The Flop House which I love, and probably Accidental Tech Podcast, because I'd want to have a tech podcast on there. And uh, although I, I love many tech podcasts, including those by people on this, I would probably go with ATP, because I feel like that is, the, that is the current sort of podcast of record in the tech sphere that we, that we live in. Um, on the games front, I have no freaking idea. I'm kind of I'm between obsessive games right now so uh i don't know crossy road and uh, uh, let's put threes in there because that can is endlessly playable so i'll put i'll put that one in there too those those i could play forever well with games i would have to pick games for my children because my iphone is a very valuable distraction tool uh in emergency situations so Trying to think about the two of them. One is younger, the other is older. I would pick, what is it called? Mystery Math Town is a current favorite. I don't know if you guys have checked that out, but it's this um, math game where you hunt for fireflies. I don't know exactly what its magic is, but both my children love it. It's it's crazy. Uh, Mystery Math Town. The other thing that they both like is Pokemaker, and it is 
It's an app where you make Pokemon cards, and they get so much joy from this app. <laughs> they have multiple cards for me. There's a Mad Mom card, and I think I have, like, Yell Power or something like that. They take pictures. You can put pictures in, and you give it powers and stuff like that and say what its element is. They both play with this uh, and laugh and laugh and laugh. So that's also one that they really love. Uh, with podcasts, I am an M NPR podcast kind of gal. So um, my my favorites are probably Radio Lab and then, of course, Serial, which is over. <laughs> um, but then also I like Think Out Loud. So those are the two that I listen to while I'm at the gym and and in between places. And those are probably the ones that I would pick. Uh, well, the games are easy for me because there's only two games that I still play regularly. And one is Lords of Waterdeep, which is a board game, D&D uh, &D themed board game that I often play against one of my cousins and lose at regularly. And the other one is Super Stickman Golf 2, which I, uh. only play Dan, <laughs> I only play Dan Frakes at and lose regularly. So really, I'm not good at games is what we're learning from that. Uh, the podcast is a little bit trickier. Uh, you know, like Jason, I want a tech podcast. I, I would have said upgrade, but I don't want to pick a podcast that someone else on this podcast I is think actually that's on. Perfectly fair. <laughs> what a terrible idea. Um, so I, uh, the one thing that does come to mind, I would probably have wait, wait, don't tell me. That way I can get topical news and comedy at the same time. Nice. Smart. Um, and then for a second one, geez, I don't know. I, I feel like I download a lot of podcasts with good intentions and don't end up listening to them. So if I want to say like something that I feel like I should listen to to make me feel smarter, it would probably be like Planet Money. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't listen to that and instead would find something cheesy about uh, games or movies or something like that. But maybe upgrade. I don't know. Okay. So Super Stickman and Desert Golfing, two golf games were both in the running, but I vetoed them both. And instead I went with uh, Crossy Road again and uh, Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful, but I still can't get enough of Plants vs. Zombies 2. And uh, the endless levels there, I just, the, they continue to be a go-to for me now. So I think those would be the two. Um, the two shows I'm going to say, I also sell ads for, but I, they happen to be shows that I love. Um, Comedy Bang Bang is one, and uh, it took me a little while to get into it, and it's one of our flagship shows, actually, and I, at first I didn't understand it, and then the more I listened to it, the more I fell in love, because it's basically improvisational, long-form comedy, but in audio form, where when they're saying, you know, that who they are or what they're doing, you can just believe it, because it's like an audio play, almost. And then the other one is uh, Startup, which is uh, Alex Bloomberg from Planet Money, uh, which chronicling in the first season the launch of his own company to make podcasts, and then the second season is going to start sometime soon, and it'll be about a different company. But hearing other people suffer through the joys and tribulations of uh, startup culture is very kind of cathartic for me because they have to deal with the crap and I don't. Nice. Well, that brings us to very close to the end of this podcast, but we have just enough time for a bonus question. Here's my bonus question for you. We mentioned keyboards earlier. I mentioned emoji. Lex mentioned emoji. Here's my question for you. What is your favorite emoji symbol? Sholly? I'm a fan of the cats. Uh, it's a it's a tie between crying cat and heart eye cat. I think those two <laughs> express so much without words that I, you, you got to have those. All right. Dan? Uh, yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, I kind of like a uh, like shrieking guy who looks like the scream where he's got like the slightly blue head and he's going like, oh, 
I don't know what do they call it if you hover over it face screaming in fear yeah that's my <laughs> that's my spirit emoji I guess um, it's either it's either that or the the horse love the horse I uh, I go to the thumbs up I thought it was going to be everybody's answer which shows how much I know but <laughs> thumbs up is almost always in my top recently used um, because it's so much easier than saying yes or I agree or that's a good idea and when there's nothing else to say to somebody over an iMessage but I want to affirm that not just can iMessage tell you the message was delivered but I have seen it and you know agree there goes the thumbs up i actually used to have it uh so if i just typed thumbs up it automatically generated the thumbs up oh, emoji. I still I didn't do that. to switch um but so that's a great one i'm gonna go with i've been using the blue heart a lot lately ah, nice. as a you know as a non-threatening way to support to show supportive love without <laughs> any implications of anything weird a red heart is a little too much. So the blue heart, I feel, is just a non-threatening, friendly, sort of uh, brotherly love. So that's the blue heart. Big fan. And we, we know that on this show, we try to be as non-threatening as possible, right, Jason? And we do at all times, Dan. You hear me? Uh, okay. Yeah, I understand. I don't know if you guys have seen the poo emoji button-up shirt, but that is something <laughs> that I stumbled upon. It's by Beta Brand. It's very stylish, and it's got a mm. pattern made up of the pile of poo emoji in a pattern. Ordering for Lex <laughs> right now. Lex, I'm having this shipped to your house. <laughs> but that's something to keep your eye out for. It's uh, only it's free shipping. $88. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's never on mind. Sale for, Canceling it's on sale for $79, order. <laughs> but you get free shipping over 75 so there you go. It's basically free. <laughs> Wow. Well, we have really reached the end now. Uh, I would like to thank Sholly McFarland. Thank you so much for being back on Clockwise. Thanks for having me. Lex Friedman, thank you for being back on Clockwise. Always a pleasure. Always a delight for me, too. Thank you. And Dan, we've reached the end. You we and have I. again. Wait, is this the end? The end? Like, are we done? <laughs> nope. We'll be back <laughs> oh. next week Whew. with more. But sure. until then, we remind all of you out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Ciao.